Um, because we do have a lot of, I don't know if you realize this, but we have a lot of people listen to the app and to our messages. So anyhow, go ahead, Seth, and share what so, the... So uh, last weekend, uh, <clears throat> my mom and I went to um, a conference, a uh, Todd White and Dan Muller conference in um, Detroit, Michigan. And the whole trip down there, it just seemed like um, Saint was trying everything to keep us from, from getting there because um, we fly standby and we were just at the airport all day trying to catch flights and we didn't end up getting to our destination until like two in the morning. But um, we got there and the whole convention was just amazing. Um, we did a lot of outreach. We went out like about four times while we were there. And um, at the end of it all, um, they had this thing called a, uh, a fire tunnel and they got um, everyone that was there together and they just kind of lined up and um, everyone was just praying for everybody. And I didn't make it all the way through. Um, <laughs> I did not. Um, I just closed my eyes and I was walking through and um, got to uh, somebody and it happened to be Todd and he just put his hand on my head and he said, fire. And he um, put his hand on my chest and he said more. And I didn't expect to just faint, but I did. <laughs> and for a split second, like my whole body just went completely like limp and I fell over and I could hear people like, like oh, there he goes. <laughs> and I'm like thinking to myself like, what the heck what? happened? Like I had no idea what happened. Like, I did not expect that at all. And they just carried me over to the floor. I mean, there was a bunch of people falling out under the power of the Holy Ghost, but um, I had never had that encounter before. And um, I just laid there and cried for I don't even know how long. That's awesome. But it was, um, it was really powerful. Praise the Lord. Really, really powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. You know, for, if you've never had that encounter, it's really, it messed with you. Like genuinely, not like a, right. a courtesy fan, like you say, you know? Like, yes. It was for real. It was for real. Yeah. And, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people that are Pentecostal, spirit-filled people, they've never had that encounter. Because it wasn't like speaking in tongues, nothing for me, at least. It wasn't nothing like that. It was just being filled with it. Yeah. Your, your body shuts down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like your body short circuits and... It's, it's because something, the natural and the supernatural come together. The natural is not going to give to the supernatural. I mean, the, the supernatural is not going to give to the natural. The natural is going to give to the supernatural. That's what happens. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, yeah. you're out, yeah. and, and it can happen different ways. You know, sometimes, sometimes you feel like electricity going through your body. I mean, you really feel like a, a like a surge of power and it, it can remain, you know, uh, yeah, that's the tangible touch of God's spirit on, on your life. And then it, uh, sometimes it's just you open your eyes and you're on the floor. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly what happened. My mom was in front of me and she turned around because she got all the way to the end. She turned around and she's like, where did he go? <laughs> she's like, well, maybe he's on the floor somewhere. He's over on, in the pile. He's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great, man. I am so glad you guys got a chance yes, to go and that the Lord touched you there. That's awesome. Um, you know, I know that a lot, a lot of people, they, they, they look for God to uh, do those things in their lives. And you know what? We should. 
Uh, I don't think that you, you should be discouraged if it takes, you know, Seth, how long have you been asking God to touch you? I mean, like that. Since you've, I know since you've been at Winter's Church. So that's been nearly a year, hasn't it? Y'all, y'all have been with us for a little over a year. A little over a year. And so from the time that you got here, and it's, you know, my, my deal is I'm not going to try to make, you know, we're not going to fake it around here. You know, we might have people that'll give us courtesy drops and whatnot, but they're not, it's not because we're looking for it. And I'm, I'm certainly not trying to, you know, sometimes I'll shove on y'all, but usually it's not come trying to knock you down because I feel like that's what I need to do. And so usually if I'm going to shove on you, I got one hand behind you and one hand in front of you. And I'm like, oh, 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 you know, but I stand you right back up. If you go down after that, that's on God. But anyhow, uh, uh. I think a lot of people, they don't encounter the presence of God because they give up. You know, they give up too soon. And um, I mean, what if it took a lifetime to have that kind of an encounter with God? It would be worth it. You know, it would, it would be worth it to seek God for a lifetime, to have him touch you one time. The fact that some of us have been touched more than once is just amazing. And, um, I th- and, I th- and I'm not saying, listen, again, I, know I might be sounding kind of flaky up here today, but I'm not trying to be flaky or cheesy or nothing like that. Um, I've been touched by God in, in big ways regularly, probably more than most people. I mean, genuinely wrecked by the Spirit of God. And um, I don't know why He has chosen to do with me that way. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. All I know is that it's real. And uh, it's my prayer that God's people can get to that place where um, they are sensitive enough to the spirit where, um, where if he shows up and he touches them, uh, they, can, they can get just as wrecked and just as filled uh, with his spirit as, as, I've, as I've gotten over the years. And uh, so praise the Lord. What a great testimony. I thought you was going to say, Mom was in the pile already and we just was in the pile together. Ah! Soon, Melody, soon, David. <laughs> so anyhow, praise the Lord. Um, any questions that you all have had stirring in your hearts concerning uh, the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit? We'll start that way today, and then we'll kind of work our way into uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. And, and uh, I know sometimes when I do this, we never get to the place where, we, uh, where, where I start teaching anything um, that I had anticipated, but... We always end up learning a great deal about the gifts and ministries of the Spirit. So, uh, any questions regarding any of these things? Uh, um, I know even, yeah, go ahead, uh, Lindsay. You have learned. (laughs) Deciphering between what you have learned, like in the natural, um, uh, with maybe education and Mm -hmm. then and when people are in the hospital trying to figure out like what is actually coming from maybe God or what your mind is telling you. Right. How do you decipher? How, so, so Lindsay's question is how you could tell the difference between the voice of God and the voice of your flesh or your natural man. And, you know, that's probably the question that everybody has. Um, because when... Let me ask you a question. How many of you feel like that the enemy sometimes messes with you in your mind? So the enemy, sometimes he'll try to talk to you, right? And when he talks to you, he tries to talk to you in, the, in, your, in your mind. 
So when the enemy's trying to talk to you in your mind, what does the enemy sound like? Sounds like you. <laughs> and so when the Holy Spirit talks to us, and he speaks to us out of the Spirit, but it goes, you know, it goes to our minds. How, how did, what is, who does he sound like? He sounds like you. And who do you sound like when you're talking to yourself? You sound like you. And so that's why we have the trouble of discerning the difference between what is the voice of man, what is the voice of God, and what is the voice of the enemy. And so um, for, for, for years, uh, my prayer was, my, 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 the top request on my prayer list was, Lord, I want to be used uh, in the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to use me and uh, anoint me to be used by you. Let the gifts of healing, let the gift of the working of miracles, the gift of faith, the gift of prophecy, the gift of diverse tongues, the gift of the interpretation of tongues, the word of knowledge, of the word of wisdom, prophecy. Let these gifts function in my life. I would, I would pray that regularly because the Bible says we're desi to desire earnestly the best gifts. And if we're if we're, to, if we're to desire them, the Bible also says this, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So, I mean, I'm just putting scriptures together. So desire earnestly the best gifts, what things soever I desire, when I pray, believe I receive them, I'll have them. So it just made sense to me if God told us to desire them, then he must want us also to pray for them. Because in the word, it tells us that whatever we desire, believe we receive it, we'll have it. And so <clears throat> it is totally scriptural for us to pray for these things. The second thing I would pray is what Lindsay is asking for. Lord, I, wanted to I want to be able to discern the difference between your voice and my voice, uh, the voice of the enemy and the voice of my flesh. And, and I want to, because the Bible tells us there are many voices in the world. If I had a transit, y'all remember what transit, remember transistor radios? Remember the radios you carried around? See, some of us are old enough to remember when that was the only mobile music that there was. You know, this was, we, we are, there are some of us here that are old enough to remember the days before the Walkman, when all you had was a radio, and you didn't have uh, headphones, you had one little ear deal, and it didn't sound good. So anyhow, you carried around a radio, but... If, if I was to take a radio and, and turn the dial, we could hear, there are lots of voices bouncing around in this room right now. The only reason you can't hear them is because you're not tuned into them. But if we had a radio and tuned into those voices, we could hear every voice that was in the atmosphere and in the air here uh, today. So uh, the, the Bible says there are many voices in the world. And so we have to, uh, we have to, to um, learn how to lean into the Spirit and hear the voice of the Spirit. So how do we do that? Number one, you, and listen, listen to what I'm going to tell you. Some of y'all think that I've, some people think I say this in, a, in an attempt to discourage people from listening to anyone but me. This is not my motive in telling this. Like, like when I tell y'all my motive and when we receive offerings, my motive is not to uh, for personal gain or not, you know, try to get money because boy, I just need man. If we had some money, we need some money. We're going on vacation, whatever. Yeah, that's not the. That's never been my. That hasn't been my motive ever. Never. 
I mean, as long as I've been a believer and in ministry, my motive, that's never been my, I have never had a motive to line my pockets with people's, that's never been my motive in receiving an offering. If I, uh, in the times that I've received offerings, I, it was after I got a revelation of supernatural increase. So my motives is, oh, have always been uh, to do uh, in obedience, to be obedient to God's word and to do what I'm doing and encourage people to do what they're doing in obedience to God's word. So this next thing I'm going to tell you, you're just going to have to trust me that I'm telling you something that is not a lie. <laughs> when I say this, and I know people hear it this way, uh, because, and I don't know why people are wired this way. I don't, I don't understand. A lot of times I don't understand why it's so hard for people to believe that, uh, that what I'm telling them, my motive is, is right, and that I know what I'm talking about. Because y'all see me regular get up here and hear God say things that freak me out. I get up here and preach, and I say stuff in my preaching, and I'm, I watch y'all, and y'all are like, he's preaching to me. Like somehow or another, someone called me on the phone and told me what you're going through. And see, some people believe that. Some people believe that, so, that well, I told so-and-so that, and they, I think they told pastor. That's not how, that's, listen, that's not how they're, Yeah. <laughs> It's usually Sheree that people think talk to me, because for some reason people tell Sheree lots of stuff, but <laughs> but she's, listen, it's, that's not what it is. Um, so believe me when I say this, the first thing that you have to do to be able to discern and distinguish between what is the voice of God and what is not the voice of God is you got to cut down on the voices that you're hearing. You've got, you've got to, and not forever, but for a period of time, you've got to hone in and you've got to draw yourself in to a place where you're not, um, where you're not just opening up your ear to whatever it is anyone is saying and assuming that what they're saying is God. In fact, you've just got to, you've got to get to that point where you're like, you know what, Lord, I need for you to talk to me that way. I mean, if you're talking to them, you can talk to me. If you said it to them, you can say it to me. Your, your word says, my sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. And so, Lord, if, if your word says that your sheep hear your voice, I am a sheep of your pasture. And so uh, once, once, you start, um, once, once you start cutting down on the amount of voices that you're allowing into your ears, and you start uh, really... Uh, uh, putting confidence and faith in the word of God that you can hear and discern and distinguish between God's voice and the voice of the enemy and the voice of your flesh. Once you do that, then you've put yourself on the road to, uh, to cracking that nut. And, and, and here's the thing. Once you hear the voice of God and you start learning the voice of God, you don't go backwards. Once you recognize his voice, you recognize his voice. And once you hear his voice and you start hearing his voice, pretty soon, you know, now we're like, was that God? Was that not God? You know, I was in the same place, folks. That was, that was my life at one time. But now, I mean, y'all have seen me, and I'm not ripping off my arm to pat myself up. Y'all know that. Um, but you've, you, watch, you watch my life. You see me up here, and you see me say, I hear the Lord saying this. I hear the Lord saying this. 
you know what? I don't even think about it no more. I don't, I don't sit up here and think, was that the Lord? I know whether it's the Lord or not. Now the only thing I think of is, Lord, do you want me to say this or not? I hear you, but do you want me to say this? Or do I keep this to myself? Is this something you want me to tell them? Or is this something that you're just sharing with me and I don't have a clue as to why? And there's sometimes God shows me stuff and I have no idea why he's showing me. It's not so that I can share it with people sometimes. Sometimes he's shown me stuff and I go to say it and he's like, I didn't tell you to say nothing to them. And I'm like, okay, forget it. <laughs> you know, people don't like that when you're, I feel like Lord's saying something. He's, oh, wait a minute. I, I can't share that now. They're like, come on, man, don't do that to us. But I've learned how to keep my mouth shut until I know. And um, again, I don't think that this is something that's reserved for prophetic, uh, for people that are prophets or people that are in prophetic ministry. Uh, every one of us can hear the voice of God. In fact, when you, in talking about the gifts and ministries of the Spirit, in fact, let, can we do this real quick? Um, let's look at some verses of Scripture. Um, that way we can kind of, I can give you uh, the word on this. Um, go to the book of, um, go to the book of John, <clears throat> chapter 14. John chapter 14. And y'all will remember this as I read it, and you'll remember these things as I read them. Uh, John chapter 14, y'all remember this, um, where Jesus told his disciples, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter, that he may by talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another comforter. I need to start reading to y'all in a different, um, different version, don't I? Are y'all okay with King James? Do I mess y'all up with King James? Would it be easier if I read to you all out of a different uh, version? Would it, who would be helped if I didn't always go to King James? Would anybody be helped at all? All right, so uh, as long as there's one person helped, uh, let's, try, let's try this in the English Standard Version then. And um, <clears throat> he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it see, neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you, shall be in you. Um, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Um, now look at verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Say this with me. Say, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. will teach me, will teach me. all things. All not just because I want it, not just because I desire it, but because the Word says it. And because the Word says it, I know it's God's will. See, so that's, that's how you all need to pray. When you pray, because see, if we, if we pray based on assumption, or if we pray based on, you know, like, I have a desire. We, we have a desire to... Um, to be taught all things by the Spirit. We want to know what the Holy Spirit knows. We want Him to teach us in the way that only the Holy Spirit can teach us. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? And so uh, we want that. But when we don't remember what the Word of God says, then we pray based on our desire. And sometimes when we pray based on our desire, we're not always fully persuaded that God will answer us because we're not sure what, he, what, what His will is. 
But the, but the Bible tells us that when we know his will, we can pray with confidence that when we pray his will, and we, when we know his will, and when we pray his will, we are assured that he will answer. Amen. That he will do. Because this wasn't our idea. Amen. This wasn't our idea. Glory to God. Glory to God. Doesn't that, doesn't that, uh, doesn't that alleviate the burden on, on, on some of y'all that um, hearing the voice of God and, and discerning the difference between his voice. That wasn't your idea to discern the voice of God. That was his idea. You had no, you had no desire before you came to Jesus and started in church. You had no desire to know the will of God and to hear the voice of God. You were just happy and fine doing what you, you were fine and dandy doing what you was doing. Even though you was going to hell on a greased pole, you was happy to go there. You know what I'm saying? All of us were. It wasn't until you got in church and got in the word and you started having this, well, I want to know God. I want to know his voice. Well, guess what? Him, you hearing his voice, that wasn't your idea. That was his idea. And because it was his idea, glory to God, glory to God. Now, let me ask you, what if you, what if you had no money? And I said, I said, Lewis, Let's go across the street here, which we, I wouldn't take you there. <laughs> we've, we've been there once. We ain't going back again. But, uh, well, let's say Highway. Hey, Lewis, um, let's say you had all your boys, every, every last one of them, and two extras. <laughs> and I said, hey, Lewis, let's go over here and, and uh, come, come to Highway with me. And you didn't have, you didn't have $10. I mean, you didn't have $10 and you didn't have credit uh, to put it on. And he was like, Pastor, I would love to go to Hideaway with you. But I got all these kids and I don't have a penny. And I said, that's all right. It wasn't your idea. It was my idea. I'm inviting you over to Hideaway. It wasn't your idea. I asked you to come with me. Not your idea. So come on over, Lou. Now, you, you know what? You'd go with confidence. You wouldn't go there thinking, hey, what am I going to do when we get this bill? Pastor said he's going to take care of it. Pastor, pastor said it was, this was pastor's idea. Pastor told me, come on anyhow. What? Amen. What if, I said, what, if I, what if we're sitting at the table and I said, Lewis, man, you hauling around all these kids. How about, a, how, I think you need a van. Why don't you go find a van? You say, but pastor, I don't, I don't have money for a van. And I said, Lewis, I'm telling you, go find a van. You go find a van, and when you find a van, call me. You know what? You're going to start making it. This is pastor's idea. This wasn't my idea. This was pastor's idea. And if it was pastor's idea, he must have something planned. Isn't that right? You know what? If I did that, you'd probably go look for a van, wouldn't you? If I say, hey, Lewis, I have an idea. Why don't you go look for a van and call me when you find one? Listen, Lewis, he'd probably leave right now. <laughs> Lewis like, I think I might have one picked out already. <laughs> so, because when, when things are God's idea, then he's going to take care of it. When it's our idea, we're not cer certain. 
But when it's God's idea, and I know these things are elementary, but this is what messes with our minds in the natural. This is what gets us off course, is that we're like, well, you know, should I, should I be believing that God actually wants this? Well, you know, we're going to take a look at some other scriptures, but he says this, but the helper, uh, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, all that I have said to you. <laughs> Glory to God. You know what? You don't even have to have a good memory because the Holy Spirit, he'll remind you of what he said. Amen. Glory to God. See, some of you are like, boy, I wish I could remember. Guess what? You don't have to remember. Glory. The Spirit of God will bring it to your remembrance. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that's why, that's why you shouldn't get up and say, well, you know, I'm just getting older and my mind ain't like it used to be. Guess what? You don't have to depend upon your mind. You don't have to depend upon the natural. You can depend upon the spirit. Amen. Glory to God. So when I pray, when I pray, and I'm telling you, this is how I pray. When I'm praying, that's the way I pray. I said, Lord, uh, your word says you'll teach me all things and bring all things to my remembrance of what you've said by your spirit. Lord, this wasn't my idea. This was your idea. And so, Lord, I'm leaning on that. I'm depending on that. I am trusting that as I go through my day, you're going to teach me all that I need to be taught. You're going to allow me to come uh, to the place where I remember all the things that you've said to me. I've been saying this regular uh, recently because there are some things that the Lord um, had promised me that in the natural I have forgotten about. Glory. Thank God. Amen. Isn't that a good promise? So go to the next chapter, chapter, chapter 15. <laughs> verse 26. Chapter 15, verse 26, look, it says, but when the helper, so we know who the helper is, right? It's the Holy Spirit. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Now, let me ask you a question. What's a witness? Let's find out what that means. He'll bear witness of me. What's a witness? Let me ask you a question. Have, you, have any of you ever been to court? Have ever, have, listen, some of y'all watch Johnny. I know some of y'all watch the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case because I was hearing about it. Anybody watch any part of that Amber Heard Johnny Depp? All right, some of y'all did. So we, we're, familiar, we're familiar with um, testimony in a, in a trial or in some, some court setting. So in a court setting, because that, that's where this came from, that word witness. What is a witness? Someone who testifies and tells about something that they have seen. So what, is, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? He's going to testify to you about what he has been a witness to. What he has seen. Well, guess what he's seen? Everything from the beginning of time. Glory to you. You reckon the Holy Ghost knows how to be successful in business? Well, yeah, he does. He's <laughs> he has seen it all. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, we 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 put ourselves in a bad place when we look at something. We say, oh, I'm not sure. I don't think I can do that. 
Well, that's Ted, man. Ted. Ted. Brother Ted. Brother Ted, I think I told this recently. Brother Ted, uh, back in the day, we would put, yeah, Ted's like, I'm getting tired of being the butt of these testimonies. <laughs> uh, uh, he, uh, we would, we, back in the day, we'd get stereo equipment and we would put it in a cabinet <laughs> and plug all our home theater stuff into it. And, you know, the back of it was full of plugs and red plugs and white plugs and ins and outs. And, and uh, depending on how much equipment you were hooking up to your amplifier, you know, it, was, it depended on, uh, you know, the size of your uh, sound system. And so Ted, you know, had uh, inherited some things from me and he had bought some things and he gets it home and he looks at the back of this amplifier and he's like, it looks impossible. You know, when you're, when you're looking at something and you, you're unfamiliar with it, you look at it and you think, uh, I can't do this. And so he'd call me, hey, brother, can you come hook this up for me? Why, Ted? I said, did I send the instruction manual? Yeah, I got it here, but it, it ain't got no pictures. <laughs> it ain't got no pictures. I'm like, well, Ted, then you're going to have to read it. <laughs> and I would mess with him real quick because I'm like, Ted, you can, you can do this. Nah, I can't. Man, three months later, I go to his house. And when I go to his house, he's like, man, I'm glad you came over. Can you plug in this stereo for me? It's still sitting there undone. And I was like, Ted, I ain't going to do this for you. Oh, I, mean, I, I had done it several times, but I'm like, dude, I ain't technical support. I said, it's not hard. Well, you know, he was like, well, it is for me. I just can't do that. I just, I just don't have what it takes. I just don't know. It just, it just, I don't register with me. It just don't, I don't know what it is. Well, one day we're, you know, he comes to the house. One day he comes to the house. We're in Columbus. And uh, he, he rolls up at my house. He says, he says, man, I got problems. I said, what kind of problems you got? He said, my car, he says, was smoking like a mosquito truck when I pulled up. He says, Smoke was pouring out of the back end. I said, really? I said, you do have trouble. And then he pulled his dipstick out of his engine, and it looked like milk. I was like, oh, man, you, you got trouble. He's like, oh, no. I said, what, Ted? He said, man, I either got a warped head or a blown head gasket. Or... And he started going through this list of what he thought he might have. I said, I said Ted, I think you're going to need a new engine. He's like, yeah, I think I might need it. He said, I'm, I'm going to call around. So he starts calling around. Finds out engines at that time were about $3,400, $3,500. Uh, $2,700, cheap uh, by today's standards. <laughs> by today's standards, it's cheap. It's more than double that now, Ted. So $2,700, and that wasn't that long ago, but $2,700, they, they wanted, he's like, $2,700? He's like, no, that's all right. I, have, I had two years of auto mechanic. Now, see, all of a sudden, Ted is motivated. Ted, Ted, back in the Flintstone days, had two years of auto mechanics. Ted is, it, 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 at that time, Ted is well into his 40s, going into his 50s. He had two years of auto mechanic. When, what year did you graduate, Ted? 
76, somewhere around there, 77. So he had auto mechanics back in the 70s. He's, what, what year was that car? 1990. It was a 1998 uh, Grand Prix, uh, Chevy Grand, uh, Pontiac Grand Prix. So uh, electronic ignition, you know, plastic cover over the thing, uh, computer, all that stuff. Fuel injected. So Ted, Ted, Ted's, look, Ted's looking at it, and he's like, I ain't paying $2,700 for no engine. He says, I, I think I can fix it. I'm like, dude, you can't plug in a stereo. <laughs> you can't plug in a stereo. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. I'm like, Ted, I had two years worth of auto mechanics. I'm like, Ted. I'm, now I'm going to fix it. All right. He got him a children's manual. He was living in an apartment in Columbus, Ohio. Didn't have a garage. Pulled a bunch of tools out to the parking lot. Pulled that engine completely apart. I mean completely. The whole top of that engine he pulled out of it. Whole top end of that engine. In the parking lot with some tools that he had. And Ted had tools, but he was no mechanic. <laughs> you know what? When he ran into trouble, he called people at the dealership. Hey, like he took the rods out. He got them mixed up. <laughs> Push rods. And they're like, oh, you in trouble. <laughs> but Ted, but here's the thing. Ted didn't go, well, I'm just going to go by. No, man. He went $2,700 was a big motivator. Oh, yeah. Now, I'll be honest with you. I almost gave him the $2,700 and said, <laughs> but no, man, he, he committed to it. Do you know that in the, win in the dead of winter in Ohio, in the parking lot of an apartment complex, Ted rebuilt the engine of that Pontiac Grand Prix and drove it for another 20,000, 30,000 miles. And then traded, never had another problem with it, you know. And you know what? He's proud. You can tell he's proud of it today. Can you tell? He can't wait to for y'all look over there, and so he go like this. this. Dude still can't plug in a stereo. But he can't. The reason he can't plug now, it's not that he can't; is that he won't. Most of, most of what we're doing is not because we can't. It's because we won't. Because we won't believe scriptures like, uh-oh, someone's crying. We got, we got one. Oh, she's, oh, it's a, is it Amelia? Is that Amelia? No? Is it? Oh, it's, a, oh, okay. Aww. It's okay. She's good. Pastor Andy's got her too, boy. So anyway, so, <laughs> so the, word, the word tells us that when the helper comes, who he, who he will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he'll bear witness about me. He will, he will testify about what he has seen. Amen. About Jesus. Are y'all hearing me? Yes. And we're, we're going to read here in a little bit, not only about what he knows about Jesus, but what he knows about everything. Oh, 
Are y'all ready? Is this helping anybody here today? All right. Good is a good question. <laughs> okay, hold on just a second. I'm gonna. Okay, one more. I'm gonna do one more. One more verse here, and then we'll. Yeah, yeah, let's go, Ramonde. Look at verse uh, next chapter, chapter sixteen. Verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go. I wish Jesus was here. Look what, Je- look what Jesus said. It is to your advantage that I go away. If Jesus was here, I know everything. No, it is to your advantage that Jesus not be here. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And I don't want to get into those verses, because they don't have anything to do with the topic, but... Verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. Out of whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So do you see that every believer, you don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be someone who's in a prophetic office. All you have to do to be, is be a believer to hear the Holy Spirit tell you things that are supernatural, that are uh, supernaturally inspired, that are divinely revealed. But we, we have to put our confidence in the word of God. So if the Bible tells us these things, then we can have confidence in this. That if God told us we can, we can, that the spirit would lead us, that he would guide us, that he would show us these things, then we can have confidence that if God said he was going to do that, then he will give us the ability to discern the difference between our thinking, our voice, our thoughts, his thoughts, the voice of the enemy, the voice of the flesh. So that's number that's the first thing you you've got to you've got to have confidence in the word of God. You've got to stand on the word. Don't ever let yourself become discouraged and be like don't don't ever let words like this come out of your mouth. I'm never going to get this. You know what? You're going to have what you say. In fact, when the, when the enemy or your flesh tries to get you or persuade you that um, you're never going to get this, you need to respond Right. You need to be like, no, I am going to get this. This wasn't my idea. This was God's idea. And God's got a lot of good ideas. And most of them benefit me. Glory to God. Amen. So I'm going to hang on to the Now, so you say, well, sounds like, Pastor, you're asking us to live in a fantasy land. No. I ne- Listen, that's how you get results. Step number two. Once you start praying that way, raise your level of expectation. Once you think that a thought might be, the source of that thought might be the Holy Spirit, 
Try it out. I look at some chairs and I wonder if they can hold me. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> Sit down. I have found some that, that didn't cut the mustard. In fact, Tyler will tell you a funny story about one time when I was sitting with him in my garage and uh, the chair was like, no. <laughs> that chair was finished, man. We were at Rita's the other day and one kept warning me. That one chair out at Rita's, it kept warning me. It, it, every once in a while, I would go. Pow. It was trying to tell me something. It was like. Boy, I can't hang on much longer. You need to get up and get on down the road. And so I, this time I took heed under the voice of the chair because I knew it wasn't going to hang on to me very much longer. These are plastic chairs and plastic chairs. Ted was on vacation when a plastic chair said, nope, and boom, you know, left him right there on the ground. Uh, but uh, uh, we've got to, we, but we've got to try. So... If you feel like you've heard something that is the voice of God, you can figure out whether it's the voice of God. If it's the voice of God, it'll line up with the word of God. Now, if if you hear this, go and shoot that person. That is not the Lord. (laughs) That is not not the Lord. Yeah, because, you know, David Berkowitz, he said that the Lord spoke to him through his dog and, you know, David Berkowitz was a, a crazy. So, son of Sam, a murdered serial killer. And, yeah, that wasn't the Lord. <laughs> that wasn't the Lord. Um, I've heard other people say things that they said was the Lord, that it didn't bring peace, it didn't bring, uh, it didn't edify the church, it didn't edify uh, the kingdom, it didn't edify the Lord. And so though that's how you can really tell, you know, if it's... Uh, um, <laughs> Some people are like the Lord told me to give you know you've been having if you've been having trouble with a car, or something. The Lord told me to give you this car and to give it to you cheap. You know you're trying to get rid of a bad car. That wasn't the Lord that told you to you know, that told you to go and sell your car cheap to your brother. That was you just trying to get something out of it before it wasn't worth nothing. But you got people that do junk like that. And, and, and there's some people be like, man, you really think so? You know, there are people, there, I know it sounds crazy, but there are some people that do that. Um, so you, and I know I'm, it's kind of a cheesy uh, illustration or example, but um, we got we to gotta, we gotta make sure that it lines up with the word of God. Um, that it's not uh, something that is self-serving, but it serves the purpose of the, of the kingdom. And that a Jesus is glorified in it. Uh, when, when, uh, when you've heard the voice of God and you're obedient to him, you, you have to have confidence that you've done what he told you to do. Because what happens, at, what happens as a result of your obedience may not be what you expected. In other words, you know, he might tell you to go pray for a sick person and your expectation might be that they're going to be healed because he told you to go pray for them or he told you to minister to them. That's not always the case. Uh, sometimes he sends you to minister to somebody, to minister healing to somebody, and it's a last resort. It's a last chance for that individual 
to receive something from the Lord. And they either have to accept or reject. And it's not really in your court. Even if you do see a manifestation, I'll give you an example. One time I was at a Christian school. This young girl was in the, in the it was at a chapel. It was at Middell Christian School. I don't know if it's still called that. But um, I had a word of knowledge about a back of someone with a scoliosis. And I opened my eyes, went out my eyes. This little girl was glowing. I said, it's you. And she, you know, she was shocked. I said, you have scoliosis. Is that right? She said, yes. And so I said, come here. And I brought her up. I said, stretch your hands out. And her hand, she stretched her hands out. And her, her, her right arm was nearly a, a whole, uh, like, like this, fingers shorter. All her fingers shorter than the other. And so I prayed. And when I prayed, uh, the Lord straightened her spine. And when he straightened her spine, her arm grew out. And it was normal and just like it was. And so after the service, um, I went up to them because I'd had another word for them, this other girl next to her. And I said, I said, you need to turn away from what you're doing because what you're doing is going to result in big problems for you. It'll, it's going to change your life, but it's not going to be for the better. And I said, so you need to, you need to start making better decisions about the people that you're uh relating to. And, 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 and I said, do you understand what I'm saying? And she was like, no. I said, would you like for me to get more specific? I said, you need to stay away from whoever this boy is that you're. I said, because if you keep on with this boy, you're going to end up in trouble and your whole life is going to be in the toilet as a result of what happens between you and the, and I said, do you know what I'm talking about? Or do I need to, do I need to be more specific? She said, no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I said, okay, I just want to make sure. And so after service, I went over to him because I didn't want her to think I was, you know, being ugly. And I was like, man, I'm so glad that you, and she was like, she's like, yeah, she said, you were in my business big time. And, and, uh, but you know, I, the Lord touched me today. And I looked at the other girl, and I said, how are you feeling? She said, you know, I'm feeling real good. She said, but I'm kind of bummed out because I kind of like being different, having that short arm. I used to show people that all the time. I said, you know what? I said, why don't you pick up your arm and check and look. When she picked up her arm, it was right back the way that it was. I said, I said, feel of her back. I bet the curve's back. They felt of her back. The curve was back in her back. I said, you can have whatever you want. I mean, the Lord supernaturally healed her. And Ted was, Ted was standing right there. I mean, just like that. Ted, Ted looked and he was like, well, <laughs> you lost your healing. You lost your healing. But you know what? See, that wasn't on me. I, I did my part. I was obedient to the voice of the Spirit. It would have been my expectation that no matter what happened, she'd have kept her healing. But you know what? That wasn't up to me. That's up to the I did what God told me to do. I, I've told you all the story of Sheree that went and prayed for that guy in the wheelchair, and he wouldn't get up. He's like, no. I Sheree was broken up about it. And I said, did you do what the Lord told you to do? She said, yes. I said, could you have healed that man, your, you? She goes, no. I said, who does the healing? She said, Jesus does. I said, then why are you upset? I mean, if you're upset because your heart is broken for that man, I said, but you're upset because you don't understand why it didn't happen. I said, that's none of your business. It's your business to be obedient to the Spirit. 
It's God's business to do the part. You do your part. He does his part. You can't do his part. But you can do whatever it is that he commands you to do. So I will say this. Most of the time, there'll be good results. But sometimes people pick up rocks and throw them at you. Sometimes people want to hurt you. Because conviction is funny like that. You read, it in, in, you read it in the book of Acts. Some people were convicted, and they accepted with great joy the word of God. Other people got convicted, and they stoned Stephen and killed him. They gnashed at their teeth and, and got ugly. So um, trial and error. It's a, pro, it's a process. It's a process. So believe the word of God. Raise your level of expectation that you're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to follow the leading of his spirit. When you believe that you've heard the Lord say something, step out and try it. If it wasn't God, you know, don't go to somebody else's church and be like, I feel like the Lord told me something. Don't do that. It may not be safe for you to do that somewhere else. It's probably safe for you to do that here and in an appropriate fashion. You know, it's probably safe for you to be like, if Lindsay, if you feel like you heard something, go to Ayla and say, Ayla, I feel like I heard something. What do you think? Ayla might say, that's the Lord. Or she might say, go, go back and pray some more. <laughs> or she might say, I don't know, let's ask pastor. You know what I mean? But that's a, that's a good process to go through. Because you're never going to learn if you don't do that. Are y'all hearing me? And let me tell you one other testimony. I had a guy, man, I had a guy that came to me and he said, we were in a worship service in a minister's conference. And he said to me, he says, man, he said, um, you know, I think I'm going to step down from my position. He was the associate pastor at a church. He says, I think I'm going to step down from my position at this church. And I was like, I said, really? Why? He said, well, he said, I've got this title, but, you know, it's just a title. I have no, um, there's, as, it, my, my position has no teeth. I mean, they call me Pastor uh, Tim, he said, but I, he said, I don't do nothing any different than anybody else. It's not like I have any greater responsibilities. He said, my business is blowing up. He said, man, I've got, I've got so much work to do. I've got, he was a painting contractor and still is. Oh, no, no, he's doing something else now. But anyway, um, he said, uh, um, he said, do you, you know, you hear from the Lord. What do you, what do you hear? What do you hear? I said, dude, I have no idea. You know, if I don't know, I tell people. I'm like, I don't have no idea. You, 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 what do I look like, a Zoltar machine? You know, you put a, go ahead and meet you again. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know, I'm referencing the movie Big. But anyway, um, <laughs> so he, uh, uh, he was like, well, if you hear anything, let me know. If you hear anything, let me know. So we just was in worship, you know. We was in the worship service. Suddenly, the Spirit of the Lord came on me. And he said, tell him if he quits that position, his business will fail. 
He said the only reason his business is prospering is because he is obedient to do what I told him to do and be an associate pastor. He said he doesn't understand the weight of the of 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 the of of uh, of what that obedience carries. He said, tell him if he quits that position, his business is going to go down. Because the only reason his business has gone up is because he, was, he agreed to do what I told him to do. I looked over at that guy and said, don't, don't, don't do that. I said, and here's why. And I told him. He was like, oh. He says, well, I guess I won't. I was like, don't. Go ahead, man. Thus says the Lord. I had a pastor sit down with me one time. Uh, we were in Ohio. And this pastor had a board member that was causing him trouble. It's a board-run church. And these people were giving him all kind of, I mean, they were giving him all kind of grief. And he's like, I'm about to take care of this. I'm, I want to put my foot down. And I know it's going to probably mess up our church because he's got a lot of people in his family in this church. And they're all supporters. He says, but I, I'm just, I just can't let this go on. I can't let them, you know, do that. And he said, he said what, what do you think? And I was like, dude, I don't know nothing about that. I'm like, sucks to be you. I mean, I, 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 we were friends, you know, so I'm like, don't put it on me, bro. You, you want to come be pastor of this church. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm messing with him. And he's like, boy, you know, and we're sitting there. The Spirit of the Lord came on me. He said, tell him don't do anything. Tell him if he does something, he's going to mess it up. Tell him I'm already working it out. Tell him I'm going to take care of him. Tell him I'm going to fight his battle. I turned to him. I said, I said, I said, you know, all kidding aside, I said, because, you know, we're friends here. I said, but the spirit of the Lord came on me. I said, do not touch that situation. Lord tells me he's already taken care of it. Don't touch it. Don't do nothing about it. Don't say a word. He said, are you sure? I said, did you ask me? And he's like, I did. I said, thus says the Lord, don't touch it. You were there for that one too, weren't you, Ted? And uh, we left, came back home. Two weeks later, he called me on the phone. He said, Un he said this is unbelievable. He said, he said, I just want to thank God for you, and I just want to let you know that man, you know, you told me not to say nothing. He came in, he resigned off the board, and I didn't have to do anything about it. I just had to leave it alone. He said he, he put in his resignation and they, they, uh, he said they may end up leaving the church, but his whole family is staying here. And he said it, it worked out in the best way possible. He had I done anything about it, they all would have left. Oh, yeah. So you, you just have to determine you're going to hear the voice of God. Oh, yeah. then, tr then try it out. Then you'll gain confidence w when you know you've heard the voice. But now, you may not give people prophecies and whatnot, but, um, but you, you'll, you'll hear from God for you. You'll, you'll hear from God for you. <clears throat> Amen. Did that help at all? Oh. Praise the Lord. It'll help you. It'll help you. It, it, by, by and by. Gil, you had a question. I know I have a lot of questions, Pastor, and I apologize about that. I'm yeah, trying, to, I'm trying to find myself. Um, so it's funny that you talk about that, um, about God speaking to you, because today, and you guys, I already mentioned this in front of the church, that I've been trying to listen to God more and try to find what he sounds like in me. But I was uh, 
leaving the gym and I was speaking in tongues and then all of a sudden I felt something come from inside, not from my mind. It came inside all the way up to my head and it was, he told me I needed to correct my ways and some, some certain things and I was like, that was God. I was like, that was God. Like, and I ran, I got home and I was like, Anna, God talked to me, you know. But it's so funny. It was so funny you said that because I felt it today and I think that was amazing. So I'm starting to get closer to him. Um, but my question is, I know a long time ago um, about the, the spirits of the ministry and the gifts of the ministry, you said that, you know, um, I don't want to quote you because I don't know 100%. I don't want to say it 100%. We, like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm destined to, you know, preach. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in the gifts of, I don't know what gifts I have. I know we have them all, but I don't know what God wants me to uh, work in. But if I want more, I, you know, I remember in, in the text you said we're supposed to be content with what Jesus has given us, but I don't want, I want more. Is that I know there's that I felt kind of convicted about that. I, like, I feel bad that I want more, <laughs> but should I just shut up in color, or can I ask God? I was like, I want more, God. I don't want to just be, you know. I, I finally, after because I've been in church all my life, and I finally found God. Like I need to find Him, right? And I'm on fire. I feel like I'm on fire. And I just don't want the bottom of the barrel. I want to work in his gifts as, as much as I can and as a, the highest level that he wants me to. But I haven't figured out what my gifts are yet. You feel, you feel me? Right. Um, our contentment, when we talk about contentment, it's not about contentment with where, uh, where we're, the, our, the state of our lives. Or um, When the Bible talks about contentment, it talks about us being content with him. And so we should be content with him no matter what state we find ourselves in, whether we're full, whether we're empty, whether we have much or we have little. So when some people think when they hear that, it says to be content, they think it means to be content with what you have. And we're in this Hispanic community that we're really taught that, you know, be satisfied with what you've got, be content with what you have. And but that's not really what the Word of God teaches. The Word teaches us to be content with Him. And, and it does say that no matter what the circumstances are, if, our, if we're content in Him, what that does is it sets us up for, for success. When we're content in Him, then we're trusting Him, and we're loving Him, and we're serving Him, and we're not being moved by the things of the earth. Um, you know, there's an old hymn that said, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When, we, when our contentment is in the Lord and our eyes are fastened squarely upon him, then everything in the world and everything in our life, all the circumstances that we face, they, uh, they don't, then those things don't move us. Those things don't, they're not at the uh, helm of the, of, our, of, our, of the ship of our lives. They're not determining the direction of our lives. When, he, when we're not content in him, then we will look for personal contentment in the fulfilling of carnal desires. So um, that's, that's what drives some people. Better job, a better you know, house, a better car, a better lifestyle, a different way of living. 
Um, it's okay. It's okay to want those things and to desire those things. But to have those things, you first have to find contentment in the Lord. And so, um, so when you find your contentment in him, which you're doing, it's not wrong to say, Lord, your word says, you know, that this. And so that's what I desire. Because your contentment being in him, um, uh, verse of scripture says this, delight thyself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. What we think that that scripture says is if we delight ourselves in the Lord, God will give us what we want. And it does say that in a way, but here's what it says more than that. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll implant desires in you so that your desires will become the desires that he put in you. So when you delight yourself in the Lord and you, you, when you get contentment in him, all of a sudden he'll drop desires in you. So think about this. You've been in church all of your life, but you never desired these things. They're not your desires. All of a sudden now you're discovering the desires that he's dropped in you for you. And the only way he can get you to that place is by dropping those desires in you. So, you know, if this was something that you thought of and obsessed about your whole life. Now, there's some people that are obsessed with fame, with fortune, with um, you know, getting, getting somewhere in life. If they've had that before that they, 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 uh, they knew the Lord, then they need to reassess those things and make sure that those things are grounded and rooted in the spirit. But if, if you never consider, if you, like when I got born again, uh, Mennonite church, Hispanic, you know, we didn't grow up. Hispanics don't have a, a, the rep, same reputation as Jewish people. Jewish people, you, you say Jews and people think about money. You say Puerto Ricans and people think, they don't think about money. In fact, you know, uh, <laughs> I was shocked to read in USA Today that the people that are on, the, on welfare the most, I thought it was black people, but it was actually Puerto Rican people and then black people. And then uh, it went on through the, uh, the list. So I was like, Wow. You know, that, you know, it's not the, <sighs> we don't have the greatest reputation, you know, as Hispanics or Puerto Rican people or, uh, you know, Hispanics in general when it comes to money. So when I got born again, when I got saved, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, God, God called me to ministry. There was nothing in me that said, you know, I, had, I never had anything in me about I was going to make money. I thought I was going to be poor all my life. I was brought up poor. You know, I, I, I thought I'm going I'm to live poor and I'm going to die poor. That was my thinking. Uh, that was what I was brought up in. And when I got born again in the Mennonite church, they were like, you're called to preach. You're going to take, take a vow of poverty. You're never going to have nothing. That was okay with me. My contentment was in the Lord. So then all of a sudden, I began to see in the word something different. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. They may be meet in my house. Prove me now you're with. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven. Pour you out a blessing. There's not room enough to receive. I'll repeat it. You know, given it shall be given unto you. All these scriptures that talk about God wanting to prosperous people. And so when I saw it, it was like, that wasn't my desire. But all of a sudden, something stirred in me. 
Ted, Ted could probably tell you when it happened. But something all of a sudden just, it was like an explosion in me. And I began to desire. Now people were like, well, you're materialistic. No, you don't. You can't identify these. You have to be careful what you say about people. Because you can't identify by looking in the natural the source of some people's, of, of people's motivation. People had no idea that I was, I was ready to be poor my whole life. And when I began to preach on prosperity, it was out of a revelation from the Holy Spirit. And man, I, I was determined. We were coming out. of. I knew the Lord wasn't pleased with it. God was not pleased with our poverty. It wasn't what he had prepared. It wasn't what he had prepared for us. And I became discontent with that lifestyle because it was not in line with what I found the word of God to say. And I had to fight feeling guilty. (laughs) Can you imagine feeling guilty for having something? And some of you know what I'm talking about. That's a demon. To feel guilty for having something? If you don't have nothing, you can't do nothing for nobody. It's it's a ploy of the enemy. And and the Lord helped me through it. He helped me through. You know what else he had to help me through? He had to help me through wanting to to, uh, uh, be proud of what I had. Wanting to be like... Yeah, y'all see there? Mm-hmm. Did y'all read the, y'all, did y'all see the label? <laughs> Let me see what time Mr. Rolex says it is. You know, you, th- then, you, then you have to fight off a whole different thing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen, when you've been broke and poor and ain't had nothing, once you have something, you, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight, you know, wanting to set off your car alarm just so, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is my car alarm going off? You know, so everybody be looking. Oh, is that your car? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my car. Just, you know, just a Mercedes. That's all it is. You know, just a Porsche. Oh, yeah, I drive it. You know, it's my weekend car. We were at the lake house and I brought it home from the lake house because I thought it needed to get driven for a while. We're going to be, we're going to be going back, you know, to the lake house in our airplane. So, so you got to, you got to, you got to watch it on both ends, but the desire to walk in supernatural that wasn't my desire. And when I identified that, I was because people started getting me to question, and I'm glad they did, because when I sought the Lord and I and I figured it out, I was like, wait a minute, that's not my that was never my desire. That was never. In fact, Annie, uh, when when Lord started prospering us, she didn't want she didn't want no part of it. I was like, I'm gonna get you a BMW. She said, No. I said, Why not? She said, Because these people at work, they're gonna. They, they already made, they say stuff to me. I don't want them saying nothing to me. They, they, uh, they're like, boy, it must be nice, you know. Yeah, you're, you, oh, so your husband's, he's one of them TV preachers. And that's the stuff she had to put up with. So she'd roll up at work in a car 
that was nicer than the main boss. And that main boss would be like, whose car is that out there in front of everybody? And then he'd be like, that's, that's my car. How are you driving a better car than me? You're a secretary. Made her feel bad. I said, why don't you, why don't you tell him? You're rich. She's like, you're not supposed to tell people that. I said, why not? You don't have any pride about it. Just tell them, because uh, I can afford it. Too bad you have to work so hard for yours. When they say it must be nice, I said, just respond with, it is. Now, it don't have to be proud. It don't have to be arrogant. You just tell them, it really is. I mean, I don't have to. We, uh, it used to be real bad, but now it's not bad anymore. Thank God. I don't have to be worried about being stranded. I said, baby, just, just live in it. She says, but we're not rich. I said, Did you, have you looked at our bank account? <laughs> the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Does that make sense? Seth. Um, so when someone gets healed and they genuinely believe they're healed and they show signs that they are and their symptoms come back, is, does that mean it's, it wasn't never God's will for them to be healed? No. It's always God's will. Let me tell you all this. It's never God's will for anyone to be sick. Never. Never. The reason I say that is because it's what the Bible says. The Bible says that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now, we, are not just, we weren't just healed. We are not just were healed. We are healed. And we will forever be healed because of the price that Jesus paid. Now, here's the thing. Some people say, well, you know, couldn't the Lord just want to have somebody? Sickness, is, it, sickness and disease is uh, a result of sin. In other words, the source and the root of sickness is the fall of man, and the root of the fall of man is uh, Lucifer. So sickness didn't come, God didn't create sickness. Sickness came as a result of sin. Sin, sin came as a result of the fall of man. And a Lucifer was at the root of that. So we know that, uh, and I'm going to use this term loosely, hell is the source of all sickness and all disease and all infirmity. Here's, here's, now here's the question that people will say. Okay, so are you saying that every time someone's sick, a demon put that sickness on someone? No. Because of sin. Do you know men, God never intended for man to die. But when sin entered the earth, Death entered the earth. Sin caused us to, to uh, our bodies to begin to deteriorate and to die. Same with sickness. Now, some sicknesses, the source of that sickness is an evil spirit. I have prayed for people and ministered to people. And when I ministered to them, before I ministered to them, saw an evil spirit attached to them. Um, literally, physically attached to them. I could see it by the spirit. 
pray over them, cast the devil off of them, and then receive a, a complete healing because that spirit was no longer present. I mean, instantly be totally healed because that spirit was no longer present. Most of the people I have ministered to were sick through the natural course of sin in the earth because their sin, their sickness. Uh, because their sickness, our bodies are susceptible to uh, some of those sicknesses. Now, healing. Um, Jesus paid for it 2,000 years ago. So, and I, I'm going to try to say this in a way that this is so hard for people to, to grasp the idea and the concept of. But, so, when, a, when someone receives a manifestation of healing in their body, they weren't really healed at that, right at that moment. They were healed 2,000 years ago. They just received the healing in that moment. So, so, like salvation. When y'all got born again, when you got saved, your sins weren't forgiven the day that you got saved. Your sins were forgiven when Jesus shed his blood on you. God forgave you a long time ago. You accepted his forgiveness on the day that you knelt at an altar and got born again. That's when you accept, that's why your life was changed because you accepted something that had been provided for you already. Uh, would you have gone to hell had you not accepted what Jesus did 2,000 years? Because if he forgave your sins 2,000 years ago, doesn't that mean you're forgiven? Yeah, you're forgiven, but the, but the requirement for salvation is not that what he did. The requirement for salvation is that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and that you believe in your heart that God raised him. In other words, the requirement for salvation is that you accept what he did for you. Did you hear what I said? Not that he did it, but that you accept it. Same for healing. Healing doesn't just happen because he did it. The requirement to walk in healing and in divine health is that we, by faith, accept that he did it for us and receive it. Not based on what we feel, but based on what we know. Same as salvation. That's how we receive anything by faith. And so um, when someone receives a healing, there are different ways that you can receive healing. The Bible provides different ways. One of those ways is by faith in the word of God. So let's say, uh, for example, that um, someone has cancer and it's, it's eating them up physically in their, in their body. They can take the word of God and by faith receive what God's word says in the area of healing. Lord, your word says by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I am healed. I forever will be healed. And so I accept my healing. I accept what you did 2,000 years ago. Now, you may be doing that in your mind. You might be doing that in your head. You may not even be working your faith while you're saying it. Um, I mean, you know, you might not be in faith while you're saying it, but you're working to develop faith for that. That's a part of the process. Faith is not a commodity of the flesh. It's a commodity of the spirit. So faith doesn't happen just because you said it in your head or you believed it in your head. Faith, faith happens when your belief meets with something in your spirit and causes a, causes a manifestation uh, to occur. Uh, I'm trying to do this fast, so I'm not doing it justice. I hope, are, are, are you tracking with me so far? So, so um, that's why sometimes people can say, well, I, I believed I'm healed. 
Pastor, I believed I was healed. When am I going to get healed? Well, you know, you didn't believe you were healed because you're still saying, when am I going to get healed? If you believed you was healed, you'd have already taken it. To, you'd have said 2,000 years. When you, when you know that something's done, you're not wondering when it's going to happen. I always use the airplane as an example because I've never, I mean, I've, I've gotten, I've, I've used my faith to overcome sickness, nothing of, that was, you know, too ginormous, but, I mean, not to me anyhow, but the airplane, when, when God said, I want to give you an airplane, and I was like, okay, you know, um, not my idea. <laughs> this is not my idea, Lord. This is your idea. If it's your idea, the bill is on you. This is your airplane. They're your oil changes. They're your annual inspections. It's your insurance. It's your fuel. This, this is on you, Lord. This wasn't my idea. I didn't ask you for this. I, you, this is your desire, not my desire. So, so once I got that straight, and, and he, he was straight with it, but I had to get it straight in me. There came a point in time. I can't tell you when it happened. I can't tell you how it happened. All I knew is that in the beginning, in the beginning, I wasn't, Gil, in the beginning, I wasn't thinking, oh yeah, praise God, if it's done, amen. Not in the beginning. In the beginning, I'm like, I believe I received this airplane in the name of Jesus. It was something that I said in my head, but it wasn't something that had switched over in my heart. And so there were, there were steps I had to go through for the switch to happen. One of the things I had to do is I had to go rent a hangar for an airplane I didn't own in the natural. There was something about renting out a hangar for an airplane that we didn't have that made that airplane a reality. Come on, y'all. Listen, when you're claiming your healing and you're in bed with your legs up and a bell next to you, <laughs> babe, babe. Yes, darling. I believe I'm healed, but can you can you give me a little something? Well, you know what? Healed people don't ring bells laying in bed. So it re- it requires faith. Faith requires a corresponding action. Faith requires a corresponding action. And so uh, that was faith for anything. That my corresponding action for God saying, I'm giving you an airplane was, I'm, I'm getting an airplane, I need a hangar. I negotiated a hangar. I rented a hangar. There was nothing in that hangar for months. For months. There was nothing. In, in fact, when they rented me the hangar, they said, what kind of airplane you got? I said, well, it's a, it's a nice one. <clears throat> they said, no, what, what make, what model? I said, it's a single engine, piston, uh, f- between four and six seats. They said, sounds like you don't have it yet. I said, oh, no, no, uh, I got it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know, I don't know who made it. Maybe it was made in Kansas. Maybe it was made in Florida. Maybe it was made in Minnesota. Uh, I I wasn't sure. Maybe it was made in Texas. But I kept working my faith. And 
researching, and finally, finally he narrowed it down to what, <laughs> what airplane we was going to get. And I could tell people what was going on. Well, it's a Cirrus SR-22. It's a Cirrus SR-22. They're like, well, yeah, that's a nice airplane. Uh, how many hours do you have in a Cirrus? I said, none. None. I said, this is my first airplane. Man, I'm talking airplanes with people. I'm talking ownership. I'm talking all kinds of stuff. So when finally that airplane manifested, I remember when the guy flew it here from, when, when he flew it here from Ohio to drop it off to me, he landed and everyone was excited and beside themselves. I just stood there and I was like, and, and, they, and people were saying, aren't you excited? I said, I was excited six months ago. Because oh, yeah. some, somewhere around six months ago, I received it. It was done. I said, I, this was already done for me. I'm not, I'm not excited because I was excited when I got it six months ago before I could see it with my eye. Something had shifted in my spirit. It was faith. It was faith. You know when faith happens because when faith happens, literally, when faith happens, you don't think about it no more. When the doctors prophesied, tried to prophesy asthma over me, I was like, uh-uh, wasma. I got no asthma. That's wasma. That's wasma. They looked at me like I was nuts. And I, I understand why they looked at me that way. They don't get it. I was like, nope. The name of Jesus. Now, I, I can't tell you. See, somebody, somebody showing off their car right now. No, no. <laughs> um, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't um, uh, something that uh, I can tell you when it happened, but something happened. All of a sudden, the, the switch of faith was turned on. The reason why I can't tell you when I, when I received my healing, a, a manifestation of healing, when I received a manifestation of healing is because when you're in faith, you're not thinking about it no more. You're not letting it determine what you're going to do, how you're going to live, where you're going to go, how, how you're going to breathe, whether you're going to, you know what I'm saying? And when you get over there in, in that kind of faith, all of a sudden that you, it manifests, but you already received it. And so you don't get excited when it manifests because you got excited before it manifested. You got excited when it became a reality to you. That's, that's faith. That's how faith works for healing. Now, um, I'm not going to lie to you. If, if it was something that was super easy, it's simple, but it's not easy because you're fighting something physically, especially if it's a bad sickness. Someone's got cancer. Someone's got, you know, something like that. It's difficult for people to get away from what they see in the natural and get over there in the spirit and believe what God says. So it's good to develop your faith and strategies to overcome before you, you go through that. Develop your faith now. But there's, uh, there are other ways that we receive healing. The gifts of healing manifesting. When the gifts of healing are in manifestation, it doesn't matter whether you have faith or not. Like if you go to a Todd White meeting or you go to a, uh, I don't know, maybe that might not be a good example. If you go to a Benny Hinn meeting, Benny Hinn functions in a gift, gifts of healing where he ministers healing to the sick. If you go to one of his meetings and somehow or another he has his hands laid on you, 
you might, you're, you're, there's, a, there's a strong likelihood that you're going to receive an instant manifestation of healing and you're not going to have to exercise your faith at all. Now, is there a possibility your symptoms might try to come back? Yes, because the devil's an idiot. And so that's, I know it took me a while to get there, but here's the answer to your question. So when someone loses their healing or the symptoms come back from something, that's not, it has nothing to do with the will of God. It has to do with the enemy trying to take something from you that God has delivered to you. Or it's your physical body. Because our physical bodies want to go the way of sin and want to go the way of the natural and don't want to go the way of the spirit. And so your physical body might try to take you down that path of, wait a minute, I've been sick a long time. I'm going to continue being sick, even though the Lord manifested a healing in you. And so you have to put up a, that's when you have to put up a fight, start exercising your faith. No, I don't receive this in the name of Jesus. You know, Kenneth Hagin, he testified about how God had healed him of that, that uh, uh, heart, the, uh, well, it was, uh, I don't know what it was, but he, it was the incurable heart uh, trouble. I don't know exactly what the disease was called, but he wasn't supposed to live beyond, you know, uh, seven or eight years old. As a teenager, the doctors were amazed that he was still alive. When the Lord, when he finally received by faith, it was, it was that way, that he was in bed and uh, while he was in bed, he, he, he got a hold of Mark 11, 24. 11, yeah, 11, 24. Uh, what things, yeah, 23, 24. What things whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. And so he believed he received healing. And after he believed he received healing, the Holy Spirit spoke to him while he was in bed and said, uh, well, people aren't in bed at this time. People that are well don't stay in bed past such and such a time. Why are you still in bed? Well, you know what? He couldn't even walk. But he, he dragged his feet over the side of the bed. He put his feet over the side of the bed, and he got up, and, and, and at first he didn't feel any better. But all of a sudden, his healing manifested. He walked into the next room where his grandmother and his mother were, and he said they about fainted. They said, you can't do that. He said, I'm healed. He received his healing. Now, over the years... The enemy tried to bring that back on him. He talks about being at a pastor's house and feeling that heart condition come back on him. And he said he went to laughing. Ha, 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 The devil said, why are you laughing? And Brother Hagin said, I'm laughing at you, devil. He said, why? He says, because you're trying to tell me I ain't healed. He said, the devil said, well, you ain't healed. And Brother Hagin just went, ha, 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 ha. The devil told him again, why are you laughing? He says, I'm laughing at you, devil. Why are you laughing at me? He said, because you're trying to tell me I'm not healed. He says, well, you're not healed. Ha, ha, ha. He said this went on for quite a while. All the time he's feeling like he's going to die. But he laughed. And finally, after he laughed that last time, the devil was like, what are you laughing at? He says, I'm laughing at you, devil, because the word of God. And he began to quote the word of God. He began to pull out the Bible. He began to say what God said. He said, by the time he got done quoting scripture, the devil had packed up his symptoms and left. And he, and he, and he got over there in the joy. Now, uh, there, there are too many excuses for, for people uh, to, especially here in, in America, to not stand in faith. Too many of us have insurance. And you know what I mean? And I'm not saying anything bad about that, but um, 
divine healing and divine health and wholeness is a very real thing. So to answer your question, and I'm trying to, you, you asked a loaded question. Um, to answer your question, there are lots of different ways we can get healed. Uh, by faith in the word of God, just standing on the word. Uh, we're we're going to have a healing meeting this month. In fact, I'm going to teach on this stuff for three days. Uh, two, for two days at least, and I'm going to preach on the last night. We're going to have a miracle service. We're going to minister healing to sick people uh, over in Shawnee. So that's going to be toward the end of this month, and it'll be, it'll be awesome. But uh, it would be good for you maybe to come to that and hear uh, some of that. But uh, healing by faith in the Word of God, healing through the gifts of healing. When the Spirit of God manifests the gifts of healing through someone, and, and if you ever see that happen, run, run to them. You know, you know how people kind of sometimes are, are slow to get up and slow to move when someone says, I feel like the Lord wants to heal people. Listen, if you hear somebody say that, I feel like, the, I feel like there's a healing that needs to be manifested. If you're sick in your body, run. Don't walk. Run. They, they, might, they might not be telling the truth, but your faith might make you whole that day. Run to that person. Be like, I'm here. I'm ready. You're going to find out whether they, was called and, whether they was called and sent or they just went. You're going, you're going to find out. But if they, if they were called and sent by God and the Spirit truly is on them, uh, you, you'll receive a manifestation of him. I don't, listen, I don't play around when it comes to stuff like that. I, 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 there was these two ladies. One time uh, I was in a meeting. We, were, we were, had this meeting in, uh, here in Oklahoma City, and it was a worship meeting. But I was in the back. I'd been on a fast, and I'd been praying. And the anointing came on me when I was in the back of, of in the office. The service had already started. And um, the anointing came on me. The Lord said, get into that service right now. I'm going to do something. I didn't know what he was going to do. But I left, the, uh, I left the offices, and I went to the sanctuary. It's quite a ways away from the, uh, from the offices to the sanctuary. So it's quite a walk, but I went and I walked into the sanctuary and the testimony from people that were there was <laughs> I, hearing it from a different person's perspective, this lady, she's an evangelist and, she, and someone was asking her, what, when's the, uh, when is the, what's the greatest encounter you've ever had with the spirit? Are y'all okay? Are we still okay? okay. I, know, I'm, I know I'm a little long here today, but not that much longer. <clears throat> someone had asked her, they said, what is the, what's the most incredible encounter you've had with the Spirit of God? And she said, it was one time, she, and she was talking about this time, I was over there, in a, in, we were in worship, and we were over there where Ziggy was uh, uh, on staff, and she said, um, and he walked in the door. And when he walked in the door, she said, I didn't see him walk in the door. She said, I had my eyes closed, my hands uplifted, but... I was aware that someone had walked in, and when they did, the fire of God came and hit me and went across my whole body. She said it was like electricity came through the whole building. And when I opened up my eyes and looked, Brother Ziggy had walked in the door. She said that's one of the greatest encounters. I was like, really? That's, that's crazy. Because I'd never heard the story from anybody else's perspective but mine. So when I walked in, I walked in, and they were in a moment of worship, and I went straight to the platform. I got to the platform, and I said, Listen, I said, the anointing of God is, is upon me. And the Lord told me 
that he wanted to impart something to you all, that he wanted to do something here. And so uh, if, you're, if you're looking for this, the minute I said that, the minute I said, if you're looking for God to, I didn't even get the words out of my mouth before that lady. And she wasn't, she wasn't no spring chicken. You know, she, she's probably then in her six, maybe early 60s. You know, so she wasn't like a teenager. I mean, I'm not trying to say she's old, but she wasn't a teenager. She jumps the pew, two pews. And her friend, who is a little younger than her, tries to grab her to not get there first. She wants to get there first. And then she pie faces her friend. <laughs> and leaves her. Yeah, she stiff arms her boy. And, and leaves her the pew. And they're, they're both stumbling over each other, pushing people out of the way. Listen, they're not being friendly. Pushing people out of the way to get to it. While there are people that are just, you know, kind of traipsing along. Man, they, they hightailed it. And then finally, they're running toward me. And I mean, almost battling with each other. But they're moving quick. And then one of them, when they get there, one of them hits the floor into the power of God. The other one starts to fall out. They're still trying to get to me. And I remember she grabs the front of my britches and I almost lost my pants. But that's the thing that stuck out to me the most is I thought I was going to be embarrassed. But, uh, but, the, but, the, but the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God. So when the Spirit of God is working, oh, yeah. there's no, no listen, don't, don't, don't be proud. Don't be arrogant. Don't think, well, yeah, this person. We're not talking about people. We're talking about the anointing. We're talking about healing. Listen, if nobody else is going to go up for healing, if everybody else is going to sit there and be like, I wonder if he's talking to me. I'm going to assume that they're talking to me. If I'm sick and someone says, God wants to heal somebody here, I'm going to assume it's me. Me first. And I'm going to make a pull. I'm going to make a draw. I'm going to go because that anointing to heal the sick I mean, that's a, that's a good thing to be under the flow of, to get, it, to get in on. And so uh, th- those, are, those are different ways the Lord can uh, heal people. Melody, you, you seem like you had a question about it uh, as I was talking about it. Is there, was there something I was saying when it came to faith? Desire to not heal. Right. Um, and so it's like, but... Um, it's kind of like along what he was saying, you know, because I'll deal with, you know, people that are disabled or, and so it's like maybe it was meant for, for the family to learn and experience and maybe he was supposed to stay that, you know. Yeah, and I think that's where our minds work because we want to, we want to, for, for some reason people have, have given, religion has given people the idea that if God loved us and he really wanted us to be healed, then why would these people be sick? I mean, if it was really God's will for people to be healed, why would he let this happen to so-and-so? Or why would children be in the house? Or why would, why would this? Why would that? Why would the other? As if somehow or another, God is sanctioning what's going on. God, the greatest gift God gave man was the gift of free will. And God, when he gave us free will, he doesn't take that free will from us. Even when we're in 
doing things that are not right. That's what he gave us. That's, that's what makes us unique in his creation. That's what makes us like him, is that we have a choice. And we can either choose to do what he wants us to do or not do what he wants us to do. And it's not him sanctioning. Listen, you know, well, he allowed it. Well, God will allow you to go out here and, and, and rob hideaway pizza. He's not going to sanction it. He's not going to endorse it. But he's not going to put his hand out and stop you. If you're going to do that, you're going to do that, and that's on you. And same way with it comes with sickness and disease. You know, that came as a result of sin. He sent his son Jesus to provide healing. If man takes advantage of that and by faith and, and will, um, if we will make a draw on the Lord for those things, then we can receive them. But God's not going to, and I know this is going to sound crude, but God's not going to rape us for intimacy. He's not going to force himself on us and force his ways on us and force these things on us. He wants us to come to him and to receive those things from him. And so that, those, that's what we have to kind of, you know, um, it, would be, it would be like me saying this to you, Melody. I, um, say I had a $100 bill in my hand, which I don't. But if I did, I said, and I said, Melody, this is for you. When, when, when I got this, I had you in mind for this. And I know it would be helpful to you. And, and so, yeah, let's say that. So I know it would be helpful to you and it would be a blessing to you. And so this is, this is, this is specifically for you. You might be like, great, I need it, but I still have it. It's yours, but I have it. What we, what we don't do and where we fail is we fail in taking what God has for us. He, he, he gave it. It's, it's yours. He's already settled it. All you got to do is take it. You got to receive it. And so I, I've done that in meetings. It's yours. It belongs to you. Everybody, that's what God's saying. It's yours. And nobody come up and take it. But when someone finally comes and takes it, it's like, that's what you have to do. That's how you receive the things of God. You got to take them. You got to take them. For those that don't have the capabilities to children that, you know, I'm taking care of, they don't have the capabilities. Do you just rely on the people that are providing for them? Well, th that's where you come in. You know, you try to minister right, to them right. and show them the way, you know. Hey, the Lord has provided a way for you. You, you offer your prayers. You believe God with them. Uh, that, that, that's, why we're, <laughs> that's why we're here, is to be his hands and his feet and his voice. Uh, to be the touch of God to people that don't know him so that they can know him. So, so that uh, it's our hope that they'll surrender their heart to the Lordship of, of Jesus. Um, I do believe 
that there are people that are, um, Emery, for example. Emery was born with a very debilitating, you know, uh, problem. And Emery is sharper, though, than what most people understand. I started talking to him kind of babyish one day. And how old's Emery now? He's seven. This was like last, it was in this building. I was talking to him and I was talking to him babyish. He literally looked at me like, bro. I mean, I could tell by what by the spirit that he had. You can, you can tell his spirit. And, his, and, he, and he was looking at me like, come on, man. It was almost like he was perturbed that I was talking down to him. He's like, for real, you're going to do this to me? And I'm like, oh, and I apologize to him. I'm like, I'm sorry, Emery. You're not, you're no baby, are you? And, and I was kind of make up, you know, make up with him for a minute. Um, we, we don't realize that even though he's in a state that he's in, that he's a person. And he's a spirit. And we don't know what's going on in his little mind sometimes. But, but I still believe God for his healing. I believe that we're going to see Emory walk. Not just walk, but run. I've had dreams of him running. I've had dreams of him running around the church and me telling him, Emory, quit, quit running. I believe, that, I believe that that is the plan of God. Now, you say, Brother Ziggy, what if we don't see that manifested? It's not my, it's not my, it's not my role to manifest it. It's my role to believe what God said. And that's your role. It's your role to believe what God said. Because when we believe what God said, that's what opens the door of opportunity for it to happen. If no one else will believe it, and you'll believe it, that opens up the door of possibility for it to happen. That's why, that's why I teach these things. It's important for us to be available and be the ones who make it possible for God to be able to do these things. And we're, we're going to see it happen more in, in our day than, than anyone's ever seen it. Um, why, why, you know, the other question is, well, why doesn't it happen more? Why don't we see it happen more often? Million dollar question. I don't know, you know. Um, sometimes I, I, I think I've figured it out, and other times I don't, you know. I, there have been times I've laid hands on people that were, that were ranked sinners. Uh, they were not, they had no intentions of serving the Lord, had no intentions of living for God. Man, I just barely looked at them and they received a healing. Then I've had, I've had little grandmas that were saints, lived for Jesus all their lives, eat up with cancer, lay hands on them till they're bald-headed and not see a manifestation of healing happen in their bodies and wonder why. Um, I don't know. I've, I've gotten to the point where now I just concentrate on what I need to do. And that is believe what the word of God says. No matter what I see, believe what he says. And believe that at some point that's going to change because, of, because I've aligned myself with the word of God and with the Holy Spirit to see that manifested. Uh, that I can, I can make a difference. You can make a difference. We don't make a difference when we back off of the word of God. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. I hope these times help y'all. Did this help anybody besides Lindsay, Gil, Melody, and Seth? <laughs> All right, good. Praise the Lord.
Praise the Lord. Thank God. Thank God. I want you all to exercise your faith. Uh, put action to your faith. Uh, believe, believe the word of God. I, I'm going to tell you, I've seen too many things that were totally, totally uh, mind-blowingly supernatural. <clears throat> and I'm not, I'm not saying these things as a brag. It's just a fact. I've seen God do so many things that were where you had to pinch yourself. Okay. Annie, Annie's been there for some of them. Ted has been there for some oh, of them. Right. Tyler's been there for some of them. Ayla's been there for some of them. Okay. Uh, different ones of you have been there at times. Some of you haven't been there. Some of you have been the ones God did it with. Um, but we've seen the Lord do too many incredible things to doubt that he could or he would. And uh, I believe that those things are about to increase. Uh, th that's not just hope. That's a revelation by the Spirit, and uh, we're, it's, we're at the threshold. We're at the threshold of seeing the greatest things we've ever seen in our entire lives. And not, not just so that we can be, not, so that we, not just so that we can be like, ooh, but because, you know, God, I mean, I'm excited about it. We are going to say, ooh, but that's not why he's going to do it. He's going he's to do it because it's time. It's his desire. It's what he wants. It's time. Amen. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness. We pray, Father, that you'll continue to be with us. Let your anointing continue to rest upon us. Lord, as we get out there and we work your word, let the word work uh, uh, through us uh, to fulfill your purpose in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for everyone uh, who has uh, hungered and thirsted after you, those that are continuing to hunger and thirst after your righteousness. Lord, fill them in Jesus' name to overflowing. And Lord, may we see the manifestation of these things uh, that we desire, Lord, not, because, not just because we desire it, Lord, but we believe you've put the desire in our heart for it in the name of Jesus. So thank you, Lord. Uh, go with us as we go. May your spirit work through us in others as you've worked in us today. And Lord, we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. All right, y'all. Praise God if you... Uh, if you're happy and you know it, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> um, I'll see you guys. Some of you will be, uh, I think, probably going out Friday. Uh, so uh, uh, I believe God's going to work with you. And then uh, 